in this day and age, I most probably will spend more money in digital marketing side of things because I feel I'm a little late starting off because mm-hmm. uh, one of the biggest things I noticed was uh, more money you spend in terms of digital marketing, marketing your own database, not random strangers on the internet, your own database. Spend that $100,000 towards email marketing, build a better software program, keep the momentum going in marketing. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Thanks for checking out this episode. If you're interested in finding out how we can help you grow your mortgage business, visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com. We're constantly creating new training and masterclasses on a variety of topics. For instance, if you want to learn how to write emails that are so flipping good that your clients will actually forward them to your friends, we can help you do that. Check out ilovemortgagebrokering.com to find out more. So today I talked to my friend Marlon Fernando. Marlon's based out of Toronto. He's with the Centum Mortgage Company and he's one of their top agents. The guy's amazing. The thing I love about Marlon is that he just executes. You give him an idea. There's no hesitation. It's just, give me this. I'll go take it, make it my own, make it better. And I can see that what he's been doing in his mortgage business. The other thing that's cool about Marlon is he's actually, since we started working together, he's shaved four hours a day off of his workday. So he had a long work days. His volume is going up and his workday is going down, which is amazing. And so he shares a little bit about that in this episode. I really think you're going to enjoy it. So check out this episode with Marlon and don't forget to go to ilovemortgagebrokering.com and check out some of the stuff that we're doing over there. Hey, Marlon, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott. Good to be in, be in your show. So tell me a little bit about yourself and how did you get into the mortgage business? First of all, I'm Marlon Fernando and I telling me about myself, I am in, uh, how do I say, I'm in Toronto mm-hmm. and I've been business for like, uh, I would say as a mortgage broker about five years and been in the mortgage altogether for about 10 years, been in banking before, married, have two kids, loving every moment of it. And yeah, being the business, I started off at Scotia Bank, been there as a call center rep and then moved on to the bank branch as a financial advisor, rose through the ranks over there. And then at one point I was like, I was getting really tired in terms of dealing with Scotia Bank. I thought, you know what, a different scenery might help. So I switched and joined back of Montreal and uh, was there for about a year and I was getting the same thing over and over. So I had to look for something else. So yeah, here I am after five years, 2015. I did a switch over from banking to mortgage brokering and 2020, yeah, I'm here I am. Right. Awesome. So you're banker to broker. That's a pretty common path that people take. And so, but what made you choose to become a mortgage broker? Because you said you had a, you're a financial planner, you did a bunch of stuff at the bank. What was it specifically about being a mortgage broker that was appealing to you? I mean, from day one, I really love lending and I've been doing a lot of lending, restructuring while I was in the bank. I was working out different financial plans. One of the biggest problems that I had with, with the bank was you always have one product. Like say, for example, you're working for the bank and bank has a five-year fixed rate and that's the only five-year fixed rate that they would also offer you or they would not even talk about variables. Mm-hmm. Or for that matter, a client has a little problem with the credit, Bruce credit here and there. Sorry, we can help you. I remember fighting with the credit team and saying, hey, you know what? This client, he has an extremely good job, good cash flow. All five C's are, like all four C's are good. One C is missing, which is the they had a Bruce credit or they had an incident in the past. I remember very clearly there was a, client who was working with Metrolinx, he was a, what do you call, co-transit driver, making almost like $910,000 income. He had a one credit card written off because his kid who was using the credit card got into an accident. He was crippled and the kid was crippled. So the kid, he didn't know the kid had an outstanding balance on it and the card went into collection and uh, he had kind of co-signed for the card. So it kind of hit the hit. He was trying to refinance his house to get, I think, about $50,000, pay off, do something for the kid because they were trying to put a ramp on the house. Yeah. So they were trying to do some uh, to renovations to the house so the kid can wait in the house. And my blue bank decided not to do the deal because he had a bruised credit. I'm like, 
this is crazy. There has right. to be a better, better solution. So right. I start looking out. Then is when I actually figure out, hey, you know what? There's a group of people called mortgage brokers and they have access to different banks. Then I was like, ah, you know what? I'm getting myself in there. Right. So it was really about options for clients. It's cool. So tell me, I always like to ask about quotes. I love quotes. So what's a quote that's had a really big impact on your life or business? So there are a couple of quotes that kind of impacted my, I mean, I'm not a very big quote guy to tell you the truth, but I kind of like one. There was a one which I actually wrote down on my ball, which is harder I work, more luck I have with from Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. That was one. And then I can't remember the other thing. It was just uh, the other day I was just remembering it. But then anyways, I'll let you know if I remember that again. Okay. So, but this, the harder you work and I know you, and I know you are a hardworking guy, like you definitely have no problem putting in the hours. So how has this applied to your life or business? What kind of things do you feel like that hard work has spun off for you? Well, Scott, this has been pretty much my motto of my whole life because I came to Canada in 2010. And when I came to Canada, I was not, I didn't come as a student or anything like that. I came as an economic, how do you say, an economic refugee. <laughs> That's what you call those people. So I moved as a, a skilled migrant. And when I moved in as a skilled migrant in 2010, I started, I had an established career before. And then I'm switching back to starting from zero. And from starting from zero to owning your own mortgage brokerage and building your own team, it takes hard work. And that is what I've been doing. And that is what I continue to do. And I don't know any other way. Right. And so, okay, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the changes you've made to your business since I've known you, but I'll get to that in a little bit. So failure happens. Obviously, this is something that we can't control, but there's always a lesson that looking back. Can you share something that you failed at and then the lesson that you learned now that you have the perspective of looking back on it? I mean, I'll talk specifically about the mortgage brokering part of things. I don't know whether how this is going to resonate with a lot of the group, but my understanding in mortgage brokering is you got to figure out what works for you and what doesn't work. And uh, in my life, I found I always trust a lot of partners and people to do those things for me. And I mm-hmm. think they are doing it in the, in the best interest of everyone. But then to realize they're actually looking after their interests, not my own interests. So what happens at one point is uh, you start realizing, hey, you know what? You think that somebody's actually working for your own good and you're trusting them. You're basically working, bending over backwards to let them go. And then one of the failures is trusting people too much and thinking that they, are, they have the best interest for you in their head. In reality, right. no, it's not. They're actually looking after their interests and then I'm just becoming a tool for them to reach their own target. Right. So given that, that was one of the biggest failures and I realized it pretty hard way. And I mean, not in a personal way, but I would say in a financial manner, I kind of figure that out. And then straight away, once I figured it out, I decided, you know what, move on, then do your own thing. That's where, you know, how the life is going to, that's how you're going to be successful. Right. So, you know, I'm going to push you on the, because I totally agree with you. It's understanding that people have their own agendas and hopefully you can work together. But can you be more specific? Because I think for people to help them understand it, like, so what was it? Give me an example of a time that you had kind of thought that, hey, we were both going in the same direction. I always think of business, I have this Uber model of business. I think yeah. um, you've ever done ride sharing where you can actually, not only can you share the car, you can share the trip. So this is the thing that I did recently. When you call an Uber, they can be like, hey, for less money, if you don't mind, we'll pick somebody up who's going in the same direction and two strangers and the stranger driver are driving the car. And mm-hmm. so it's craziest thing. I think businesses like that, sometimes you're going to travel together. And if somebody needs to get off because they're going a different direction, that's totally cool. But can you be more specific about an, an example where you kind of thought you both were going the same direction, maybe, the, and then you discovered they weren't? Like, Yeah, I mean, I would say, because the reason is I switched over to have owning my own franchise from Centum. I'm currently with Centum Financial Services. My previous brokerage was, again, was with Centum, but then again, I was working with a different broker. And then my understanding was, oh, you know what, uh, we are getting, we are in this together, reaching, trying to build a business. 
and trying to build the mortgage brokerage. But later on, when the things started going through, and then I started asking questions about being partners, and whole thing is kind of kind of got really messy. Not messy, I would say murky. Right? That would be yeah. a more clear word. It got murky in terms of ownership and who does what kind of thing. So ultimately, it works out as I was literally working my butt off to get everything done, bring the clients in, bring the transaction, going and talking to realtors and clients and partners, everybody else possible trying to make business going. And then I realized my partner was basically there to reap the benefits. So right. I was like, so was oh, wait a second. Okay, yeah. I know more about the backstory. That's why I pushed you on this. But I didn't. I wanted to, know, <laughs> I wanted to see how much you would give me because I knew some of this stuff. But yeah, so basically you're saying that you had a partnership that was not, you were doing most of the work and you were like, hey, I thought we were both in this together. And so it led you down a different path. But Correct. That is pretty much, I mean, I don't really want to go in there because the reason is that's a chapter, that's one other thing that I, about me is got that once I realized the mistake happened, I really don't want to go back and, you know, dig in and say, yeah, did exactly. I do wrong? I, 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 I'm, I'm not definitely not trying to be, and I know you're not, you're not the kind of person who likes to like throw mud and be like, hey, this person, it's, you just like, hey, move on and do your thing. And so I get that. But I guess the lesson for our listeners, if you're listening to this, is that sometimes you do have to make a change. You know, you may think that you had a plan that you're going to go in a certain direction together and it's okay. You got to take, no, care, I, of you, take care of you. Sometimes, you, you know, again, this is another quote. I would say, you know what, if you had to take a bandage off, take it off in one go. Don't, don't, don't prolong it. Just don't wait till it bleeds you dead to death. Right. So it's, just it, uh, just yes. take it off. Yeah. If you got to have that tough situation you got to deal with, it's better to do it sooner than just like drag it on. Okay. So let me ask you this. So you made some changes to your business in the last while, some significant, some minor. I like to talk about your businesses, like, you know, systems, leads, team. So what kind of team, what kind of change have you made to any of your systems? In, like what's the best change you made to your systems in the last six to 12 months, you think? So when you mean systems, are you talking about software systems? Or are you it could be any, anything that makes the whole thing run, your machine, you know, the business run better. So yes. Uh, this is something that I actually owe to you, Scott. I mean, uh, that is one of the reasons I actually told you. One first thing I did was I started mapping my customer journey. So the moment you map the customer journey, then things become much clearer in terms of how I want to run my business. You know, as you most probably have been telling in the other previous podcast, so you've been like, you know, lead, there's a team, there's a process, how this whole thing comes together. Once you map the customer journey, customer journey starts from where, when, as soon as the lead comes in, what happens next, what happens next, what happens next. So once I put that part in place, everything comes together like a you know, beautiful puzzle. So right. that is one of the biggest things that I did in terms so it's of kind, you know, it's mapping. Kind, it's it. actually never thought of it this way. Sorry to interrupt, but it's kind of like a box lid for your puzzle. It's like, hey, now I know how the puzzle is supposed to go together. It doesn't mean it's going to mm-hmm. be necessarily, it's like all of a sudden easy, but you at least have something you're aiming at. Right. So from once you start with that, Scott, the next thing that I did was I started looking at what are the core functions that I want to be doing as a mortgage broker and what are the functions that I can hand it over to my team. So that brought in my first assistant. She came in from another brokerage. She had worked for a mother, uh, what you call national lender. So she has some experience in underwriting. She has some experience in document management and completing fulfillment part of things. Slowly, that girl who joined with me, I think last year, 2019, she joined. So within a few months, she started showing that she, she can handle more than just completing files. So I start slowly, you know, handing over responsibilities on underwriting a file. So, and I start getting more towards the strategy and discovery part of things. And then I start handing over to her to do the file submissions and everything else. Our volume start going higher. And then back in, I think about a month ago, I brought in the second girl to support the process now. So we have Sachi, which is, uh, she's my underwriter. And then we brought in Christine with a background to, you know, try to help us out with regards to completing files and doing a lot of administrative work. She's helping out with the compliance 
sessions, complete talking to clients and, you know, getting notifications out, sending mm-hmm. packages to lawyers and those kind of things. So the whole thing works out where the customer journey is our base. And then we start plugging in each function as to what function can be handled by certain team members. What we are looking at is, you know, is there a way to interchange in case somebody decides to move on or get sick or take vacation? Can Redu- somebody want, yeah, over? build in some re- next level is redundancy. So first, is yeah. secure, then it's like, okay, what happens? Somebody's sick. Somebody takes a week off. The machine doesn't just fall apart. Correct. So that is in terms of process. In terms of software side of things, we start streamlining a lot of things. We were using 100 different types of softwares. Our own brokerage gives us softwares and then we have our software that we were using, the legacy system that we were using from back in the day. So one thing I did was I switched over to G Suite, which is the Google business services product. Mm-hmm. So which kind of streamlined no more Microsoft Office, no more Gmail, no more things. Everything is like properly running through. So we are using Google Sheets, Google Slides, whatever. I don't know, whatever the source services are. Yeah. And then we also picked up on a CRM, which is HubSpot. We are using the paid version of HubSpot. Because one thing I realized in all this thing is uh, anyone who's new, Free services are good, but you don't get everything else. There's a reason why they give you free service because they don't give you the full service. Right. So you get, get what the you pay for. Service. Yeah, exactly. So if you're not paying anything, you're not getting anything. You're getting basically nothing. So we decided to go ahead and pay for the HubSpot, whatever the services. And once you start paying, yep, you get a lot more things than you ask for. And then you're like, hey, yeah, you know what? We can do this customization. We can do this change. You know, things kind of worked out from there. So G Suite... HubSpot, those are the main two things that I use uh, right now. And then your customer journey being mapped out. So let me ask you this. So prior to you mapping out your customer journey, what what kind of hours, how has it affected your work week, like hours that you've been working? Oh, Scott, you know this. I used to start at 8 o'clock and go till about 11 o'clock in the night. And I was doing everything. I thought, I'm the best guy can do everything. But then I realized, oh, wait a second, somebody's actually better than me in terms of packaging and completing a file and I can get off at 7 o'clock. Then... Now I'm looking at, you know what, starting between 8 and 9 and then I'm trying to finish up between 5 and 6. And right. this has been a pretty big life change because I'm saving 4 hours a day now that I don't have to work. Right. That's amazing, man. Awesome. Good for you. Okay. So then in terms of your lead side of your business, so sales is a big part of it as well. Sales leads. So what's the change that you've made in the last 6 months, 12 months in that part of your business? What's the best improvement that you made? So with regards to sales and leads, again, one of the things that I've uh, always loved doing was uh, I love talking to clients. And I talk to my clients, sometimes the discussion can start off as, hey, I'm looking for a mortgage and end up being, hey, you know what, we play video games together kind of level. So that, in terms of changes, one of the biggest changes I did was I always had my business based off realtors, but working through, uh, again, through the program, I discovered something called the post slide uh, strategy mm-hmm. that we were talking about all the time. And so I started using the flow slide with a lot of realtors because it gave me structure to talk to realtors with a very specific plan. Mm-hmm. And then one other thing that I start picking up was, you know, putting a structure to any call that I do with a client or with a lead. So that way, you know, where you start, where you end, how you take this discovery, this whole journey, because otherwise, without a structure to any call, there is no way you are going to get out of that call or going to get anything out of that call. Sometimes you talk for two hours and you don't know what the hell that client's name or email number <laughs> or phone <Right>. number. <laughs> like, that was great. Where the heck was, you know, totally. It's like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Where you, you're like, yeah, like remember don't know where you started, where you end. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Okay. So that was a bit, for you, that's been a big help then having some structure in your sales process. Was been right. Yes. Helpful. Okay. So let me ask you this. So would you say you're a natural, because you have a banking background, would you say you're a naturally structured person or was this, is this something you've been learning or what, what would you say? You're, I'm just curious. I would say it's a hybrid because when it comes to. Because you're very people, or, you're very people oriented naturally. Like you're very like kind of 
friendly and you like chatting with people. So that, that seems from what I know of you anyway. Yeah, uh, yes, uh, Scott, if I start chatting sometimes, you know, the discussions go for hours and then I don't feel tired because I enjoy talking to people. Right. But then again, in terms of structure, yes, I always have a certain way I do things and I don't let people change. I, to tell you the truth, I even let go of a person because they were not willing to work with the way that I was working. They asked right. me to change my system. And I was like, you know what? You're out within one week. I don't want to deal with you. Right. Because the reason is you're telling me to change my system or my way of doing things. Right. So I do have certain structures and I very feel comfortable putting my structures together. I have a very structured way in terms of how I start my day and how I finish my day and mm-hmm. what happens next. What happens next is usually my way. I do that with my kids. I do that with my personal life. We are going, say, we are going on a hike or a drive or somewhere. I already know what time I'm going to start the car, what time I'm going to put the bikes on, what time I'm going to get out, what time I'm going to have water. So it's kind of structured in okay, your head. Water break. Head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Water break. Okay. <laughs> so, let's go. There you go. I, that's good. I've had to do so, that with my kids hiking, actually, where I have to, we walk and then if it's a really hard hike, they want to stop. So like every eight minutes, it's like, okay, you get a one minute break. <laughs> and it's like my timer. Yeah. That's so, anyway. so structure helped me, but then when it comes to mortgage brokering, uh, Scott, banking, uh, how you do a mortgage deal in a bank and how you do a deal in a file in mortgage brokering is very different. And that is what I kind of was missing. I was trying to put this structure together. It takes a long time to actually understand what exactly mortgage brokering means. Mm-hmm. Mortgage brokering is not just getting information from a client and submitting the deal to application to the lender and get it approved. Then that's more of a order taker. Yeah. You don't need to be a mortgage broker to do that. You can be a, you know, nothing against the bankrupts. You can just work in a bank and then right. you can do the same thing if that is what is enjoyable for you. But then if you like finding solutions and deep diving and trying to figure out how things work, I think mortgage brokering is something that you will enjoy. And then the other side is you got to have your own structure because you have to have your own discipline. If not, you're right. going to Nobody can, yeah, you can't impose it on anybody. That's true. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay. So, so okay, yeah, that's, that's good. Thank you. I have a question. So if you were starting over today, you're like, let's say you're just getting into the mortgage business. What would be the first thing you'd do? What would your first 90 days look like? What would you do? Oh, see, uh, most probably I would, Try to reach out to as many people as possible. So, could it be Facebook? Could it be? Uh, it could be my own Gmail database. It could be my, you know, area realtors. Just reach out to them, call them, and say, hey, you know what? I'm so and so. I'm doing this. Uh, this is my business. This is what I do. And just do a your value proposition. Build a small value proposition. Say, hey, you know what? I work hard as you want, and you know, put forward and let them know that you are a mortgage broker, and you know, you are doing what you can do. And then most of the time, yes, you will have objections. People, some people don't want to work with you. Some people don't want to talk to you. But then, who cares? One person right. say no, but then ten will say yes. Right. Exactly. That's kind of the attitude you have to have. That's really good. So you're obviously we, you chatted about this already, but you're one of our in our ten loans a month, one of our members, and I love chatting with you. And I love we get to learn from each other. So it's not like we bring some good stuff and then you guys bring smart stuff. So for you, what has been your biggest takeaway from being in our training program so far? I would say the structure the, into my mortgage practice. That is what I really picked up from you guys, and I keep on updating and building it in, building it in because one thing I noticed in our mortgage careers and even in life, you are not going to have a stable nothing. Everything is changing every day and you have to keep on adapting. Mm -hmm. But you need to have some kind of a structure before you start building the house. You need to put the studs in. You need to put the frame in. Otherwise, everything is going to shake. So one of the biggest things that I kind of relied upon you was to try to understand how this structure is built by others and how can I build it in a way that suits me into how I can use it into my way of doing things. Right. You know very well that, you know, sometimes I'm really lazy to do certain things that you guys do in the program because sometimes I feel like 
I have, you know, I want to do it differently. Now, that's not my way of doing it. I want to do it differently. <laughs> so, there you go. And so, you might see this happening. And I think that is part of taking whatever I want to take from the program. Yeah, customizing it to your... Okay, one thing I specifically I do want to ask you about is, so we do Game of Phones, as you know. And so, you tell me, you had originally, you were like, oh, that's dumb, Scott. You know, Game of Phones. <laughs> you said this to me. You're like, this is like, I don't need to do this. So, tell me what you felt like before you started Game... What you thought of Game of Phones before and now after since you started doing it? You see, the, one of my biggest problems was I never had time to do Game of Phones because I was getting a lot of calls coming in. Right. And then COVID happened. And COVID happened, I'm like, oh, shit. Things are not going to be as it used to be. So what had happened was I said, you know what, let me give it a try on this Game of Phone business. But I don't want to do the way that Scott tells me to do, but I want to do my own way. So I created my own like you know sheet yeah, with yeah. my own scoring and said, like, you know what, Scott says 25 points, I want to hit 40. That's my right. game work. So then uh, I was like, okay, where do I start calling? How do I call people? Then I realized, oh, I haven't really done anything with my database. I looked at my database in HubSpot. I had 7,000 contacts. I'm like, can't be real because there can't be 7,000 people in my database. Then I realized it was because I just transferred my entire database from Google, from my Gmail. It just got in every people, sometimes three people. One person has three contact phone numbers. Right. Everything oh, that, yeah, that was so, a nightmare for you when you had to clean that I, up. Totally clean that up and start looking at all the realtors who I want to work with. So start calling them up. So that was good. First call, second call, third call was good. Then I said, you know, the following day I'm going to call my past clients. Then I start calling them. They were actually happy to hear my voice. They were like, hey, where you have you been for the last three years? We didn't know. We kind of want to talk about a refinance. I was like, oh, this is exciting. So yeah, there you go. So now it has become like a part of it. Now it's in my day structure. So morning I have my team huddle. Team huddle's done for next two hours, three hours. I'm on the phone. All I'm doing is now calling people using my old database. And right. I mean, I try to take a break on Fridays because it gets tiring at one point. So yeah. do something different. But mm-hmm. every day I'm trying to do something different. But I at least try to hit the 40 points per day. And that's yeah. my target every day. And some days I don't hit the 40. So I try to do it in the evening at 5 o'clock or so, 6 o'clock, so that I can hit the 40. Right. In the morning, if I don't hit it, then I try to do it in the evening. So calling is a part of it. And I think that's one of the biggest things that keep my business running. And as of now, we are getting crazy busy because uh, that calling is bringing more and more clients. Yeah, it completely like completely just, yeah. spiked your your pipeline from when we were chatting before because you were kind of like COVID, you were in a real estate office. COVID hits, you go out, change a bunch of stuff, and then you're like, and then you start picking up the phone, and then you're like, dude, I'm crazy busy. So it's been awesome to see. So okay, so I got some rapid fire questions for you. You can answer these as shorter answers. So what's one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? I would say procrastination. <laughs> that is something that I've heard a lot and I see that. And I, a lot of, uh, we were there on a broker panel and one of the big brokers was telling me about, telling the whole group about, you know what, I was supposed to be doing certain social media stuff. I haven't really done it. Maybe that's the time to do it. And right. this discussion I heard maybe six months ago too from the same broker. We haven't done it. So I think that is one of the biggest problems with uh, anyone. I would say not only mortgage brokers, in everyone, people keep on talking about doing something, but never do it. So right. just do it and see what happens. It. Yeah. Okay. We talked about, about, you have an internet resource or software program you use. You talked about HubSpot. Is there anything else that you use that makes your business run smoother? Uh, I use HubSpot and I also use Lender Spotlight. I think it's called now Lendesk Spotlight or something like yeah. that. No? Yeah. I use Lender, Lender Spotlight because I take a look at certain random policies. Suddenly I want to take a look because some of the policies you need to go find it. Then I use the Google suite of products, which is primarily that. And then that's it, uh, Scott. I try to keep options very minimal. I like Apple phones because it gives you a lot of customization options. You have certain things, it works. Yeah. So I like the way it is. So that way HubSpot works as my CRM, my marketing tool, my website, everything is managed through HubSpot. Yeah. And uh, everything else is, I, that's the only thing I use other than, I mean, I use Evernote to make notes whenever on the fly. 
I other than that, there's nothing, no specific software. Oh, I use Finmo. That is one of the biggest things that I was actually going to tell you. Finmo is been like a really good product, yeah. collecting documents, collecting applications, getting documents signed from e-signing. That has been a, one of the biggest game changers for us for within the last couple of months. Right. Okay. So yeah, obviously we, we've heard lots of good things about Finmo. So tell me about, if you could recommend one book for listeners, what would it be? E-Myth. E-Myth. That I, was a great book. I would say to everyone, every mortgage broker should read it and read it and most probably try to implement it as much as possible. Right. You know what I think about the E-Myth is that the E-Myth talks about this whole idea of working in your business and on your business. And, we, and what we talk, the customer journey is like how you actually apply the E-Myth principles to your business in like a yes, systematic exactly. way. Exactly. That's exactly why I like E-Myth. E-Myth tells you how to build a business. E-Myth tells you how to put a structure together and how to keep on repeat repeat, repeat. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And results is the same. And that's what exactly we are doing right now in our business. Right. Okay. So last question, $100,000 question. So I write you a check for hundred grand. First of all, you're like, yeah, what's up? What's up? Play? I said, thank well, you. <laughs> I said, thank you. So, if, but if you have to spend it on your business, what things would you do to try to get a return in your business? I'm just curious. In this day and age, I most probably will spend more money in digital marketing side of things because I feel I'm a little late starting off because mm-hmm. uh, one of the biggest things I noticed was uh, more money you spend in terms of digital marketing, marketing your own database, not random strangers on the internet, for your own database. Spend that $100,000 towards email marketing, build a better software program, build, keep the momentum going in marketing. That is something which I would most probably spend that $100,000. Right. And well, then hey. I'll try to put my own 100000 in there too. Right. Okay, so let me ask you, where can people find you online? I have my website, which is mortgagefernando.com. And then, can I give my phone number? Is it okay? If you want, It'll, we'll put it on the website too. If you, if you put it on there, people okay. can reach it. Yeah, I mean, sure. No worries. I, my phone number is 416-897-7043 or it's marlon at mortgagefernando.com. Right. Awesome. Well, thank you, Marlon. I really appreciate the chat with you, brother. And I'm excited to see you continue to crush your business and keep shaving hours off your day, <laughs> which is super cool. Awesome, man. Thank you very much, Scott.